This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. One, two, one, two, one, two. This is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. I am back in this motherfucker, motherfucker. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing at MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Put in the code NEGRO. Save 10% and it's bitch, bitch. We are back once again. We got Bobby once again. Say something to the people. At this point, I feel like my name should be like somewhere on like the little marquee shit or whatever. I'm here too much. All right, well. You know, psycho, and Bobby in real small letters. <laughs> <laughs> the Negro League podcast and FBE. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. We'll see. We'll see. You know, um, you know. Uh, sorry, guys, this didn't come out on Monday, but um, motherfuckers had shit to do. So, to the three people that are excited about listening to this motherfucker on Tuesday, hey, nigga, you are gonna get it on Tuesday? Um. So yeah, man, there's been a bunch of shit that's gone on, a I guess, since the last time uh, we were here. First and foremost, did you watch that Lakers game last night? No. Nigga. West Coast games kill me, bro. Well, like, see, yeah. I try, but most of the time, I wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning when they're showing the game over. And even then, I don't get to see the end because it's in the first quarter at 3 in the morning when I cut the TV off. Somebody said this, and this made a lot of sense. They were basically saying like all the stuff that LeBron has done um, as far as like switching teams and, sh- and going back to teams and shit like that, he was always on the East Coast. So, is him going to the West? You know, is is the league going to be hurt with LeBron playing at one thirty in the morning? Like, because I literally was up one thirty in the morning to watch the end of this game. Did yeah, you, did you see what happened? Yeah, I saw what happened. Oh my god, it was a good game, yo. It, like, the game looked amazing, man. I stayed up on on Friday night too. The Warriors in Utah was a good game. Mm. So Utah won that one, right? No, uh-uh. Um, Jared Jarepko tipped the ball in for Golden State at the last second. Who beat Who beat Golden State? They lost Denver. one game. Denver, okay, Denver beat oh, Denver is un, un, undefeated so far. So if you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA is bad. Man, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because this is a league I don't have a problem with. I don't have to. I don't have to. The good thing about I don't have to hear about all the other shit. Like yeah. the NFL is just like tied to. A bunch of bad energy. The NBA right now is in a good spot. It's the most fun. I'm telling you, man, the Lakers is the most exciting defeated. They're not undefeated. They're defeated. They haven't won a game yet. But, man, the internet game, that shit was so fun to watch. LeVar Ball looked good. Kyle Kuzma, he probably had like 40 points. Lonzo Ball. Huh? Lonzo Ball. Oh, when I say LeVar, I'm sorry. See, his dad is all in my head. Um, but Kuzma had like 40, 40 points or something like that. Like the game, was a good game at yeah. the end was so dope. Um, I tried to watch the Golden State versus uh, Phoenix game. That shit was awful. Like, I think Golden State was up like 30 points. <laughs> they yeah, kept man. their starters in. I'm like, yeah, take these niggas out. Because, you know. Let Steph Curry run up the bag. Like, Ste- Steph Curry, Steph- first three games of the season, hmm. Steph Curry is on an MVP campaign. Listen. Steph has paper mache ankles, and there's nothing worse than this nigga possibly getting hurt in a game that don't matter. Like, Every game matters, yo. I, well, you gotta compete. This is what you. I this mean, is what you sign up for. Like competing, competing is 
okay, it's close. You put your best people in. When you're up by 30, like, there's no reason to keep nah, your starters in. No, you got to go ball, yo. Well, this is, listen. I mean, and even in, in defense of that, I don't think that any team is more conscientious of the preservation of their players than Golden but that's, State. Like, that's, Steph that's Curry the point. Because 73 and 9 yeah. means nothing. Even in saying that, like, no team is more conscientious of that than the Golden State Warriors. Steph is going to sit plenty in plenty of fourth quarters because they're that good. So I'm not really worried about him right now. Three games in the season, you got to get your bearings under you. The whole point of the first couple games of the season is if you can get out and run off 19 quick wins and put yourself at a comfortable margin – from the rest of the league, that's what you do. Well, so you got to push the pace now. I think uh, I think Golden State looks good. I I don't I don't think the Lakers look as good as we thought. Um, what did we expect? Uh, you know, people people are talking about um, a fourth seed in the uh, in the West. People are talking about like like Stephen A was saying that he thought the Lakers were going to go to the Western Conference Finals. I don't see that at all. I mean, um, all of that shit is good for ratings. It's all good for, you know, people to sit in a barbershop and yakety, 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 yak. Yeah. But anybody who's looking at, who looks at that roster and tells me that they're capable of. Nah, I don't see it. Any real competition right now in the Western Conference, you're lying to yourself. I mean, unless. Congratulations. Goal, unless their goal is to, like, fight niggas and get other people suspended on the other team, like, spit gate. Nah. What's what's your take on Spitgate? If you spit on me, I gotta kill you. Yeah, that sounds about right. What a, what a, uh Shannon Sharp talking about? I'm, I'm gonna move. Skip. I'll be. <laughs> I would have been suspended twenty games. I just think that there are two things that you, as a grown man, should never have to experience. Mm-hmm. You should be respected enough to get hit with a closed hand, mm-hmm. and nobody should ever spit on you. I mean, spitting on you is just kind of. That's, I gotta fucking kill you. You know. You know. That's like I gotta kill you, and then a, once you're dead, I'm gonna kill you again. <laughs> that's like the same to me. Don't you spit on me, bitch. Spitting on spitting on motherfucker. I will is kill you. You spit on me. Is the same. I will stomp thing. the shit out your motherfucker. But what? Uh, is the same. This motherfucker thing just as... spit on me. Priest, you spit on me. Bitch, I kill you. Bitch, I kill you. It's the same thing as, like, you know, like, when white people get, like, at a frat party, someone's like, yo, dude, yeah, man, he went to sleep, and I put my nuts on his forehead. Like, that's the same thing. We're not even going, I'm not even, I'm not even engaging in all of that. The fact of the matter is, you just don't spit on That's the same, it's the same goddamn thing. I'm not even, I'm not sure how you know that, but... I'm, I don't have to say that shit's happening. You can say nobody spit on you, but you know that's a violation. Don't spit on me. Nigga. I'm saying, unless he's talking to Cool G Rabbit, he just can't help it because he's the lisp is just insane. Nah, even then, like, <laughs> like yo, cool you're G aware Rap. of that. Back yo, the fuck up, yo, man. Yo, tilt your head up while you talk. One time, Cool G, Cool G Rap, yo. Oh my gosh, but yeah, man, like that shit. And like Rondo's trying to act like you know it wasn't on purpose because he had like the mouthpiece in and stuff like that. Nah, blah, 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 blah. nah. So. Nah. So I so Chris Paul should have went all the way. Oh yeah. Like he shouldn't have got he shouldn't have gotten suspended. One pointing in his face, it would have yeah. been like That's why that's why I didn't realize because like when, when Paul put his finger in his face, I didn't think it was spitting. I thought that he said something that was just out of line. Because my thing is, if you felt like somebody spit on you on purpose, especially, why not just punch? Why yeah. why do the mush? I would have went black right then. Yeah. Why? Why do the mush? Now, now, 
if you are a Laker teammate, how do you feel about LeBron grabbing Chris? Because I know they're best friends and shit like that. But how would I know you the feel? optics, man? I mean, and, I know the optics, like and I God, think that Stephen Jackson said it best. Like this is a new era in basketball. Like all of those dudes are best friends and they're brothers off the court. Like LeBron James is Chris Paul's son's godfather, and all kind of you know there are all kind of ties in that. There's no way that he's gonna fight Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, even sensibly, the most that you can look for in the situation is for him not to defend anybody in the fight, but more to break the fight up. Yeah, fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Get your get your man out of there. Who's who's that that jumped in? Was that Ingram? Yeah, that yeah. was Ingram with the shits. Yeah, Ingram, like, Ingram he was responsible the shit for out of James he Harden. He was responsible that. for all of that shit though. Yeah, because he pushed James Harden like yeah. a savage. Yeah. Over nothing. I don't see what James Harden did well, on the see, previous play. He, here's what James Harden. Here's what James Harden does, right? And this is the shit that that I can't get mad at James Harden because he's he found the loophole with officiating. But that first and foremost, that he does all the time, right? That shit where he jumps into you at the three point line and he gets three free throws. Everybody does yeah, that. Yeah, but he does it. You you know why it's frustrating when James Harden does it because he has the ability to be evasive and look slow at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he'll be breaking niggas' ankles, but he's not John Wall fast, right? And so it's a large level of deception that happens all the time. Or what's the step back that he does? That step back that it's like, is this in travel? I say that to say Harden is one of them dudes that, officiating-wise, he gets away with a lot of shit that I can imagine people would get fucking frustrated. Even in saying that, Brandon Ingram should have kept his cool on the previous. Oh, absolutely. But but Brandon Ingram, he wasn't just suspended for punch for pushing Harden. He was suspended. Yeah, he he leaped in there with the punch. Exactly. But more than that, he looked like he was about to give the referee some smoke. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that he should have been suspended for longer. Yeah. But I, you know, I I think the only person that shouldn't have got suspended was Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I think if you spit on me, yeah. bitch, bitch, I'm a kid. I think I think that bitch, he should I have. Can. I think she I should can. tie him down, tie a Rondo down. That should be the is, is to wheel him up. Man, no. but Chris Paul and Rondo, they hate each other, man. Which yeah. which I think is good. Too. It's been a long time coming, but yeah. definitely Rondo, you a nasty ass nigga. Yeah, man, man, he you you lose points for that one. Like that shit is. Rondo should have gotten just been a hell of a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. Because if you spit on somebody in the street, that's assault. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like, seriously, like, l- l- legally, if somebody charge. spit on you and you shoot them, like, that can be self-defense. Because you don't know somebody has a disease, you know, like, that's the the, the, the legal justification of it. Like, right. somebody could be trying to harm you. They could have, you know, something crazy or whatever. Like, so, so yeah. Yeah. Like, you just, the whole shit was just a fiasco. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's been a lot of that shit going on. Niggas be wanting to fight these days. Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins getting into it before the Eagles Panthers. So game. how you feel about that shit? What was what was that about? I'm with Eric Reed. What did he say? In terms of I'm with Eric Reed with Eric Reed in terms of the reason for his anger and why he was upset. Because he felt that um Malcolm Jenkins and the other gentlemen in the players coalition co opted um Colin Kaepernick's movement um, and the whole protest for social injustice. But I don't believe that Eric Reed should have gone renegade and tried to settle that grievance with Malcolm Jenkins on the field. You know, 50 said something that I thought was really great, right? And this is a, uh, this is a great example of it, is that 
I don't like the term nigga when I see you because I think it's corny because you're setting yourself up to be in a bad situation, right? The real term should be where you at. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a grievance like that and you got a, a situation like that, y'all niggas know each other. You have the ability to travel. That whole thing is like, yo, wait till we got this game together. Yeah. I think, it, I like, think that I think, part of it is corny. I think that whole, I think the whole shit was kind of like, you know, um, I think it was very cartoonish. Like, number one, like, he shouldn't have been on the field, for mm-hmm. one. Because only captains were supposed to be on the field at the time that he goes out and approaches Malcolm Jenkins. Mm-hmm. So... You're just now getting back into the league, bro. Like, yeah, and yeah. you know what the optics are. Yeah. Like, people don't believe in optics, but perception is nine tenths of the law, which is why it's so unfair for black people. Yeah, because you look like a nerd. Right. So <laughs> you're just now getting back into the league. So you blatantly break the rules to confront this guy over something that's not going to get settled on the field. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? What's Especially the- since you know. This issue has been going on for months now. So you mean to tell me that at no point prior to this, you couldn't have picked up a phone? You couldn't pull up in Philadelphia? But you know know what the reality is? Is that if you pick up a phone, there's no cameras. I mean... You you, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So optics kind of go both ways where niggas, they want to get credit for something. See, I I told him. You know what I mean? But your alignment with Kaepernick, because everybody's beef with this whole shit is getting Kaepernick back in the league. Mm. So... Your alignment with Kaepernick and Kaepernick supporting what you just did—they're not gonna have two of you running around the league, running up on niggas that's in the po- in the players' coalition for this to happen. So, do you think Cap want to come back? I don't know now, but I've but I've always felt like he was comfortable with he was comfortable either way. Yeah, you know well, what I'm saying. I, I, like, I agree with that because I feel like you know I feel like I give you an example, and this is kind of like. Uh, Sort of kind of the same thing, but not really. But it's like a friend of mine, she used to work with the CIA and shit. And when she retired, she worked, black woman, she worked in the office, Bill Clinton's office in Harlem. And she used to handle the paperwork. And she was saying that for, for Bill, that's why when people were wilding out about Hillary doing like speaking engagements for 100 grand and shit like that, it was funny because she was just like, yo, Bill get a quarter of a million every time he talks somewhere. I was like, word. She's like, the cheapest I've ever seen him take is 75 grand for a speaking engagement for a nonprofit that he really liked. So for a president, I personally think Obama's gonna get half a million to a million to speak somewhere. If he wanted to do that, he can command that. Right. And it, so my thing is, I say that to say to some of these people, like, they can't wait to be private citizens if they're dynamic in their field like that. Because that money that you can get outside of that is endless. So I thought like Kaepernick played it very well where he's able to retire, not retire, but he's able to kind of step out and do all this other stuff because he's savvy with it. The people that you should worry about are the players that all they can do is play. If you got a million dollars in the bank, you're good. Yeah. The average American works their entire lives and they don't make a million dollars. Yeah. So if you got a million dollars in the bank, if you're smart with your money, which I would presume that this guy is smart, yeah, then you're good. Yeah. So my thing with Colin Kaepernick, and this is the same thing like with any type of revolution, revolt, protest, 
you got to be willing to sacrifice your livelihood for it. And I think that's the part that a lot of us are missing out on when it comes to political protests and us uprising and boycotting this and boycotting that. I think there's a certain proponent of it that requires you have to be willing to lose. There's what Killer Mike said about the modern black man being prepared for a revolution. It's the not, black woman is God. Okay. What you okay, me nigga? You've been interrupting. I kill you. I kill you. Hey man, that's my. I kill you. That's my way. I kill you. That's what I do. I kill you. But anyway, shout out Charlie. Like I was saying, um, you got to be willing to give up something. And if we're going, if somebody like Colin Kaepernick is going to be willing to make this protest and lose his job, and then bitch and moan about losing his job, then what was the point of the protest? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not just comfort. It's not just to make the people that you're protesting against uncomfortable, but you have to be willing to be uncomfortable as well. Well, I think I think that I'm sensitive to stuff like this in the sense of, I, you know, I wrote an article about one of the last conversations I had with my grandmother, and we kind of touched on a bunch of shit. Like we talked about, um, you know, her growing up with the racism that she had to deal with, seeing the Klan and stuff like that. And I said to her, I was like, "Yo, like." Um, in the fifties and sixties, when people started marching and the civil rights movement came around, like, did you did you ever want to do that? Did you ever do that? And she was like, "Baby, we had to work," and and it was kind of said in a sense where she was kind of like, "I supported the movement, but I couldn't do that because you know, as soon as you start getting involved with stuff like that, you might go to jail." Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so and so the so I look back at a lot of that stuff, and there's a lot of people that I knew. Uh, who had relatives, people that know that march during the civil rights movement. Like we have this thing called Columbia 50, where it focuses on a lot of the stuff that happened in the civil rights movement in 1963 here in Columbia. And a lot of these guys were in families that, you know, black folks that were in families that people were either had really good jobs or or, or relatives were like lawyers or, or there was a, an ability that, hey, you know, I can go to jail and miss a couple of days. That's fine. You know what I mean? So sometimes... The sacrifice is made by the people that can afford to do that sacrifice. So it's like Colin, I don't know how much he accumulated in his NFL career. Right. But, you know, sometimes it has to be a, a nigga like I him mean, because he could probably afford to do it. I mean, not only that, I think the other part of it is I don't think that it's a dishonorable thing for you not to participate in Yeah, exactly. that's my that's my. Saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So when I say, even when I say, you know, what he's able to do, and as far as us being able to make sacrifices to make certain things happen, it's not a dishonorable thing if you simply, like, you know, it's like if it's something happens at my job right now, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And there's a revolt at my job. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Viva la revolution! Right. Like, you know, whatever, you know. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to be willing to give up my livelihood for it because I have to feed my children. Well, or at least I have to consider that before I participate. But this is, this, this is the best way I can explain it, right? And this is the dialogue that I, I wrote stuff about this where it's like, we can be able, we should be able to salute the Nat Turners of the world, the, the slave revolts of the world, without condemning our ancestors that had to survive. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 <laughs> Eddie Murphy had that joke on Raw when niggas be like, man, you know what? I wish these motherfuckers, you know, pull a whip out on me. I fuck these niggas up. 
okay, where well, you want me to carry this cotton? You know what right. I mean? And it's like, because I think it's disrespectful. Like, this, these T-shirts that used to drive me fucking crazy that niggas would be wearing, and these T-shirts would say, dear white people, I'm not my grandparents. You can catch these hands. And I'm like, yo, that's so fucking disrespectful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the type of shit my grandmother and them saw, the type of racism they saw, right? it's like, I can't get mad at them for trying to figure out how to survive the best way possible. So, so, so maybe their way of protest is I need to be able to provide for my kids so they can get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. You know what I'm I saying? I mean, there are, there are a million one ways to do this. And, you know, you just have to choose the avenue. It's the same thing as last week's podcast. It's all about the cost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, we have to be under the realization that without the flock, the shepherds become the sheep. Ah, guns and butter. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Jody, we gotta. You choose your avenue, and you have to be comfortable with whatever it is that you're willing to sacrifice. Unless a nigga spit on you, then I'm just sacrificing Bitch, it all. <laughs> sacrificing Bitch, it I all. <laughs> Bitch, I keep. Sacrifice it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But what um, else went on? Uh, I. Ray Caruth got out of jail yesterday. That's crazy, right? Yeah. It's been it's crazy. It's been about 20 years, right? At least 18. That's fucking insane. So it's like, what what happens now? He goes to an even bigger prison. <laughs> the world? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, because there was outrage over him getting out of jail mm-hmm. and people didn't want to see him freed because of what he had done. But one could make the argument, like I had even saw in a flash um, that... Um, he was scared to get out of jail. Absolutely, because the, the Cause family didn't like, want to fuck him up. He was like, "Man, so many people hate me, yeah. and this is what you earn for stuff." I mean, well, how about this? Okay, uh, here's my question though: How is it that Ray Kuruth gets out? He's scared. It's all you know. The public outcries is kind of different, and then like OJ could be like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, I think OJ is a sociopath. Word. Okay. I think that there's I think that there's a different level I mean that you know OJ is on as far as his mental state. I think man, you don't think okay, so so you think somehow the sociopathic shit because be honest, if if for you to, to try to like arrange murder or murder or do some shit like that, you know what I mean? Like there right. has to be something that's kind of off or whatever. Absolutely. I, I feel like everybody has that in them in some degree, not saying that they're gonna take it out, but the sociopathic, the, exactly my point. The sociopathic part is the justification of certain stuff. Well, I think that you know, I think the other the other part of it is I think that some people have the ability to rehabilitate themselves. I think that contrition can. I mean, you're in jail for 18 years. Mm. You got a lot of time to think about what you've done. You know what I'm saying? And and how so you've needed, affected he, other people he by to what to the clergy. I, you think, I mean, do you think that'd be? Uh, you know what? You know what was what was old boy name. Um, G Depp, you remember that shit? Yeah. Where where they weren't even looking for him. The cops weren't even looking for him. Yeah. He just heard a story about a shooting that happened at some place, and that and, and it was one of those things. You know, New York niggas like <laughs> New York niggas. Every New York nigga probably shot somebody before. Like everybody got a limp because somebody shot somebody. Like Jay Z shot his brother. <laughs> you know, it's like right. walk it off. You know. So like, I bet you G Depp probably thought of the situation. Some nigga like ran up on him. Like, man, pow. Man. Like man, get the fuck out of here. And like you see little boo boo on the block, a nigga like limping or some shit like that. 
And then word got around that, yeah, such and such died. And G-Dep realized that he was the one that killed him. And he turned himself in. Yeah. So. I mean, I just think that, you know, you're in prison for 18 years. Not only are you in prison for 18 years, you know that your son survived. And you know what he's dealing with because of you. He's a cerebral palsy, right? Yeah, man. And that's your fault. Like, you have to deal with that. And, like. Whereas somebody like OJ is maniacal enough to to lock those things in certain corners of his mind, I don't think that Ray Caruso. I mean, hopefully, yeah, you know, he's not in a place where he's not receptive to what he's done. You know, I think the thing about OJ that's really interesting is that the one crazy thing about OJ was that. He's not black, he's OJ? That's pretty much where I was going, uh, in, in, a, in a certain okay. degree, is that when in his mind is that he was elevated in a time where he was the only black person doing certain shit. You know right. what I'm saying? So he was putting on this pedestal. Like they it's like, it's a part of the documentary where he's like at a table with, with all these white people and somebody said something about niggas and they were like, Oh, and OJ's over there and blah, blah, blah. And like this person is like afraid that OJ's going to feel weird that some white guy used the word niggas or something, something. And OJ was like, you see what they did? He's like, what? He was like, when he talked about niggas, they weren't talking about me. And in his brain, he's just like, oh, I'm not I'm not them. You know what I mean? Yeah, OJ got turned insane by the moment. Yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of the fame and, and the money they talk about, you know, shit going to your head, I think it went to his head for real. Yeah. Plus, it's it's weird. Like we we're, we're kind of weird. Like in a sense of, I don't know when this shit started with like sensationalism with the news or whatever. Like I don't know how long CNN has been out because I think CNN was like the first twenty four hour news cycle or whatever. But like that whole thing, the 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 following the Bronco around and shit like that. I think that's where all that stuff kind of started. So it's like people were saying that the funny thing was like OJ got away with the murder. And he goes to prison for stealing memorabilia. It's like when he got away with the murder, people were telling me that like this dude was like just fucking bitches, like white bitches. Be like, oh, I love him. He be dating them and shit, and he'll get mad and yell at him. And like, because something about the prospect of dating some guy that they figure murdered somebody is kind of sexy to him. It's like why we go on roller coasters, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. I can't make sense of it. I think I think the OJ shit. <laughs> I, I can't I can't make any sense of it. The whole book he was gonna write. I didn't murder my wife. But if I did. But if I did. Man, fuck OJ. <laughs> Absolutely. You black nigger. That's exactly <laughs> exactly what you are. The problem is OJ. We don't want you either. Fuck boy. I, ho- I hope you don't listen. That's to our ad lib. Fuck I ho- boy. I hope you don't listen to this. Like. What are you gonna do with his old ass? Pull up, OJ. OJ still might fuck somebody up. Pull up, OJ. He's like, oh, you got something to say. Pull up. Didn't he say something like about the Bill Cosby shit? He was like, I think it's wrong. It's like, fuck out of here. You see that meme where when Amar Rashad got married? Yeah, and all them dudes lined up. Dog, his his uh his best men or whatever, it was like one was OJ and one was Bill Cosby. Murderer's row. Dog. <laughs> Fuck. fuck OJ, man. Yeah, fuck OJ. There's a um, there's a. I've been seeing a bunch of movies, man. Um, well, first of all, I, I finished Daredevil. Have you started any of that? No, I haven't started it yet. <sighs> well, I ain't gonna get too much into it. Uh, they canceled Iron Fist because good, and they canceled 
Luke Cage. Damn, don't do that Iron Fist, man. Man, fuck Iron Fist. I like Iron Fist. Man, that shit was awful. Did you finish both seasons? I'm about exactly. uh-huh, through uh-huh. the second season. I have I have to have time to finish it. That's how I know. That's that's kind of my indication. I'm just joking, by the way. I know you are, motherfucker. But, I was about to be, what's the plot? Wait, his fist glowed and he punched people? <laughs> that's the show. But it's like, that's that's kind of my indication of a show, especially a Netflix show that I know that I don't like because there's not going to be any time taken. Well, the problem with Iron Fist is, I guess... The, the problems with Iron Fist. No, I think that casting was an issue. Absolutely. And I think that the show needed to be condensed. Well, the whole thirteen episode yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, they, I, yeah, they, I, I agree with that. The problem is, like, you get in, you get into this system of things, and you're like, okay, well, they bought Daredevil, okay, they bought Jessica Jones. <laughs> Apparently, look like they're renting so, that shit because Disney well, to take you know, that shit right it starts back. working in this machine, and things get, things start to get manufactured. Just on a general scale, like, okay, we're going to put this in here for 13 episodes. We're going to put this in here for 13 episodes. We're gonna... Everything doesn't need that. I mean, I think it only gets bad when you feel like the writing is is taking a nosedive. And, and I kind of have some sympathy towards them because you know exactly what ends up happening is that if the first season of Daredevil is dope, then somebody's going to poach those writers. Well, I mean, not only that, but you can kind of tell that, you know, they saw Scrooge McDuck's money bin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It. It's like, oh, shit, this is a hit. The well, only... now, Daredevil needs to see a dragon. Oh, God. It's the, like, man, get the, the fuck only, out of the here. The only problem is this, is that, yeah, I think they felt like, oh, shit, it's Marvel. You know, we can't lose. I think the cinematic universe has the ability to do that. I think, like, even, even when we're talking about DC and how shitty, like, those movies have been... Like, their failures still make half a billion dollars. Right. Netflix isn't going to do that. Because I gave up. <laughs> Dave Chappelle had this joke where he was talking about how he know he got older. Because he'll be like, he's like, I'll be in a hotel room and I'll be jerking off. And then mid-jerk, I just stop. <laughs> it's just like, I just went to sleep. It's like, ah. And it's like, <laughs> I'll be breaking my shit. And so then, like, watching The Defenders. It's like mid-jerky, I just stop. I was like, I go through two episodes and I quit. Jessica Jones season two, I just didn't have the patience for it. It was dope. You said it was dope. I have a problem with you spoiling it for me. I didn't care. But it's like, I kind of just lost interest. It's like the Defenders thing, I felt like they tried to rush it too quickly yeah. to put on that shit. And together. I think that in, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that anything ruins those shows faster than, you know, you putting them in the hype machine and just cranking out whatever for the sake of keeping up the pace for the people. The, the hierarchy was the best five. Like, their double season one is to me is the best out of all. I don't even, I don't even care to rank them all. Like, I watched them all I ain't up, even up all. until the current moment. Um, you can give me Daredevil season one, I guess. I think that's far and away because it's the first one. Um, Punisher season one. Uh, Jessica Jones season one. All of the season ones are the ones that hit. And the reason why that is, is because nine times out of ten, when these things are coming up, you're approaching them with minimal expectations. Then once you once you see them and you build up these expectations for what you think is going to happen or what it should be, if it deviates from that, you're automatically going to be disappointed with it. So, ladies, if you ever go out with a guy that have zero expectations, you'll be a hell of a lot happier. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Don't <laughs> secret to life. Don't expect shit, nigga. man. It ruins everything. Absolutely. So, I'm looking forward to. I'll get to it this weekend. Well, it's, matter of fact, my I might start it tonight and roll through work. It, it's it's okay. I mean, it, like I've heard a, good. I've heard good things. There's another uh, single shot fight scene that was really kind of cool. The thing about it is, it was like I mean, I know this is kind of ironic saying this, but I think that it was an overkill of fight scenes um, this season because. I have to judge it based on the energy that the show's giving, where it's like niggas is getting killed and shot up. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, so it's like if you got somebody that that introduces early on that he don't have a problem putting a bullet in the niggas' heads and killed a bunch of people, I don't see that person then all of a sudden when you want to kill somebody, you just do a fist fight in 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that shit makes no sense. Like, like. I'm a part of me like half the show. I'm kind of like just shoot him, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just shoot him, like like yo, come on. Well, I mean, I think that's that's what happens in the comic book landscape. I mean, I tell you this, I tell you this. Like, it's look like, at Batman. Like Batman has been around for thirty years, and I'm pretty sure, like you know, motherfuckers have had plenty of opportunities to put a kill shot in Batman, but it's kind of like that's not conducive to what makes the story the story. But, but so they're not going to do that. But the thing about like. These guys in like the Batman shit is that they they try to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like they try to kill him with guns and shit like that. Like even like the Dark Knight niggas tried to shoot at him. You know what I mean? He's just bulletproof. You know? It's just like your Christian Bale is awful. His Christian Bale's Christian Bale was awful. His Batman was terrible. But yours sucks. He sounded just like this. You can't argue. Ladies with, and gentlemen, that was the Negro League podcast. You cannot argue with that shit. That nigga, I will pause this shit right now and play that shit. He was annoying as fuck. Absolutely. Where is I, I don't he? agree, but that, Where is that's he? why yours is even worse. Because it sounds just like him. You know, you know who I do want. sound like, though, right? Huh? Fuck you. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Anyways. But yeah, man, uh, I saw Venom. It, that was a fun movie. It wasn't as good as as well. It wasn't that bad, like as people said it was. Like the the Rotten Tomatoes meter was like thirty. I still have to go see that. It was it was enjoyable. I've been I, I've been off of the movie thing for a minute. Yeah, that's why it sucks, man. Because I I need to do like a whole separate podcast just with movies. There's there's a podcast that I saw um, that I thought was kind of dope. It's called the Rewatchables. Man, fuck them niggas. This our podcast. This our shit, man. Be shouting out no so other I, motherfuckers, I, bitch! I, I shit, nigga. Your name ain't even on. <laughs> your name ain't even on little font yet. Okay. The Negro League. And Bobby. So when y'all know when I'm not on here next week and I'm putting a squeeze on this nigga to pay me to do this motherfucking <laughs> shit, y'all know what it is. Pay you. I got a Dunkin' Donuts coupon okay. for a dollar iced Dunkin', coffee. Dunkin' Donuts D's, nigga. Did you just invite me to your donuts? What you gonna do, bitch? I key. I give you donuts. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Off the rails. I tell you what's coming out this week that I really want to watch. Have you seen? Um, I want to see Halloween. Oh, okay. Well, have fun with that one. Oh, that shit's gonna be good. It's man. just something about those shits. I just never just really got into it. Like yeah. you were scared of slasher flicks going up. Nah, I just didn't. I just didn't like them. Like probably when I was a kid, like Freddy Krueger kind of fucked with me. You know what fucked with me the most on the Freddy Krueger shit was Yafet Koto. <laughs> Nigga walking through walls and shit, and he got killed early. Like. I tell you this, my scariest movies are like the ones that are kind of based in reality. You know the scariest movie I saw, like, it's to me it's the scariest movie I've seen, is Seven. Like, the 
the way seven was set up and the way seven looked, it looked so real. And it was a possibility like, yo, this shit could possibly happen. Yeah. That freaked me out more than Michael Myers walking around. I mean, I guess all of it's cool to me. I think that the the key to making a great horror film, no matter you know what angle you're approaching it at, either, you know, serial killer or, you know, indestructible dude wearing a hockey mask, putting a death yoke on people. I just think that you have to be able to get people to engage in the atmosphere of the movie. Mm. If you're not thinking about what would I do if this was me, yeah. then the horror movie's going to suck. I, t- I tell you the scariest movie experience I've ever had, and it wasn't a horror movie, the scariest movie experience I've ever had. Meteor Man? Oh, damn it, he knew it. Nah, we're going to get back to that in a second. The Distinguished Gentleman? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I got the hookup. That's it. That movie was fucking awful, man. Shout out to uh, Mike Evans doing another Mike Messy movie. gonna come pistol whip you now. Yeah, I'm scared of Pete. Yeah, I'm scared of Pete. <laughs> Talk about a horror movie. Yeah. Um, nah, motherfucking um, Kill Bill 2. When they threw Beatrice Kiddo in the motherfucking grave, that had to be like, like when you're saying you gotta feel like, yo, how the fuck are you gonna get out of this? How the fuck is it? Yeah. That I've never felt like that more than seeing that scene. So hearing hearing the dirt thrown on the casket and trying to figure out like I, I'm feeling claustrophobic like that was probably the scariest movie experience I've ever had for me. Hmm. And when white people say what's the scariest movie you ever seen, I just look at them and say Twelve Years a Slave, and they're like, I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I like the Possession flick show. What's the Possession? Flick? Um, what's like that? the Conjuring, the Conjuring, the Exorcist. All of those. All right, the first Exorcist scared me. Like, if you've never seen The Conjuring, I never seen The Conjuring. If you've never seen The Conjuring, Conjuring Two is all right. Annabelle is horrible. The second one, Annabelle Creation, is brilliant. All of those movies are scary as fuck, man. Like the director, um, James Wan, the dude who's doing Aquaman. Aquaman, he is incredible with that well, shit. I like, hope. I'm gonna tell you, man. It's like sometimes that transition is kind of weird because those Aquaman trailers look awful. Really, to you? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They, they look. They look really. I don't bad. know what you're looking. The for. trailer looks. The trailer looks terrible. I like that. Like especially like the last one where they show the battle sequence between Aquaman and Black Manta. I can't wait. Here's here's the thing about like those DC joints. That's kind of weird, and it's like funny enough. The one that I think they got it mostly right visually was the Man of Steel. But outside of that, they, like the DC shit had a habit of visually looking too dark. Like so, between uh, like Justice League, I wasn't a big fan of it. And then what was the other one? Suicide Squad. Like it was just aesthetically, it was just too dark. That was a Snyder's thing. And so like now, I think they're overkilling on the other end. So like the the trailer to Aquaman, like the shit just looked a little too. I don't know. It look a little too photoshopped. Like you don't know what the fuck you want. Nah, I, I just I just said right in the middle, Man of Steel. I think was the perfect. Balance. I think Man of Steel was dope. I don't think my biggest issue with the DC movies is that I think that they tried too hard to catch up with Marvel yeah. and Marvel. But was that's why I wonder. That's why Wonder Woman was dope. You talking about? I don't know what I want. Wonder Woman looked dope. Like Wonder Woman was a great balance of 
of like storytelling, pacing, not trying to do too much, and visually, yeah. you know, the, it had the visual component of, hey, you know, this is some fantasy shit, but it's not something that's like so weird that you kind of like detach from it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I think out of all of them, that was probably the best one that came out of it. Okay, Black Manta, dog. What? I, I, until Black I see super it. villains matter, nigga. <sighs> Okay, Meteor Man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, Blank Man. <laughs> Are you up here wearing a Blank Man shirt, nigga? <laughs> Yo. Niggas, niggas like to joke when their logic don't work. How, how's my... I'm rehashing logic that you brought up. You just brought Those up Meteor Man. Those were jokes, man. though. You, you know brought was, up Meteor Man. You know man. I was fucking with you. You trying to counter with bullshit. How am I counter with bullshit? This what you are doing. countering with bullshit. Nigger, you brought up Meteor Black Man. Black Manta, dog. Anyway... On to opinions you that matter. Media, this is Black Manta. Black supervillains matter. This shit's going to be fresh. Don't say I didn't warn you. Shout out to uh, Luke Cage getting canceled. Damn. I mean, he's from Columbia, South Carolina. I don't, think it, I don't think it got canceled because it was bad. I, I think, heard it I was think, creative differences. I shit. think, well, I've heard that, and I've heard another theory that Disney is um, starting their streaming platform and they're taking all this stuff off. Or I think that Disney is doing a streaming platform and Netflix is being spiteful. You know what I mean? I like, don't buy either of those. Well, if, if that's the case, then I think all of them are about to get canceled. I mean, because if that was the case, why wouldn't why wouldn't Disney go for the big fish? Like what? Like Daredevil. Well, it's coming. It's like you gotta you gotta you gotta understand like you don't cancel the shit Right when the production is done, because like Daredevil didn't air it yet. That's what I'm telling you. I think Daredevil's coming. I think like I think I think Daredevil is coming. Then I heard like a theory that they're gonna do another show that's gonna put Luke Cage and um Heroes for Hire yeah, yeah, as like, it should so, be. So maybe maybe that's what they're gonna do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see the whole Disney because if anything, Disney kind of knows where their where their bread is buttered, and that's in the MCU, like. Disney's only priorities at this point shouldn't be fucking with Netflix. It should be properly integrating the X-Men universe and the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Well, I think they could do all at the same time, though. Yeah, but I just don't think that, for whatever reason, I could be completely off base here, but I just don't think that Disney put the throttle to Netflix. I mean, there's too much other... Shit, fuck with it. Now, once the contracts on the shit run out, I mean that's absolutely. But, but, that but could before be, but that, that point, that's probably what happened. It's like that's the thing about it. It's like even though some of these people like might seem like they're surprised, you know what I mean, that this stuff is happening. They said a week ago that they were working on that they were already talking about doing season three a week ago. I don't know, and maybe and, and maybe things change, man. Like I, I think. <laughs> I think that Iron Fist shit really, really fucked people up, man. I, I think Iron Fist, between Iron Fist and the Defenders, for somebody like me that was heavily invested in this shit and watched all that stuff, for those two shows to come out and me not give a fuck about neither one of them, I think that was like a big fucking deal. Right. So, but yeah, let me stop talking about this shit for a second. Let's take a break because I need to get some more coffee. Year. Okay. Y'all, nigger. Hungry. Damn, I did all this shit and I didn't get my coffee. And I'm hungry too. I got ten dollars because I, I I spent money on the the lottery ticket. You 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 do that shit yet? Yeah, I well I didn't do today. I went last. I went on Friday. Okay. And I bought for that. So I don't know how that shit didn't works. Win shit. So if you so if you get five numbers, you get a million dollars, right? You got to hit five plus the other number. Five plus the other number to win the entire jackpot. Right. But if you just get five, if it's you, like. Uh, it should be like I a saw, list. I saw the scale. It 
It shows you I don't do all of this shit. Right. I just hype beast because everybody else is doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I at least want to be able to say I participated. I'm not going to win shit. Well, well, fair enough. I think you have a more chance of like, getting a scratch off than, than this shit, but either way, it's like yeah, burning your I money mean, up. You give ten dollars. This cheeseburger. What's the um, what's the most you ever won doing like a scratch? I don't. Like I don't play those shit. Yo. All right. Okay. Yeah. So this is like the first time. Even doing this shit, I was like, "Yo, let me play. See what happens." I, I I'm so dumb. I don't know how to do it. Like I I wouldn't. I don't either. Yeah. Like I had to ask. I had to ask uh, Freddie. I was like, "Yo," like because that's his shit gambling. I was like, "Yo, Powerball, Mega yeah. Millions. What I got to do?" Like you go into the gas station, you tell them what. Like I didn't know that you have to pay cash. Yeah, right. He's gonna put it on my card. Like, yeah. So I walk in there, like me and the boys and shit. And I'm like, yo, let me get this, and I pull my card out. She's like, nah, the ATM right there. So I had to Woo! get cash. Uh, I mean, it's like gas station, bitch, man. They don't. It was y'all niggas don't take Bitcoin for this shit, nigga. Nah, <laughs> you gotta go in there with cash. Yo, how about ODB? They're doing like a ODB currency, a Bitcoin type of ODB. I heard currency. about that. I think Ghostface already has one. Oh yeah, Ghost, yeah. Ghost Coin or something. I forgot what it's called. Oh my gosh! Dog, one time for Wu Tang, huh? One time for Wu Tang. Okay, this is about to be a bad story. I told you about this shit. Like, I'll I had to play the video for you. Matter of fact, I'm gonna pause this shit and play this little soundbite for you, and we're gonna discuss. Hold on. <laughs> I was gonna put this audio on here, but like, I can't plug it in because we got two microphones. But uh. You guys, if y'all want to see it, Tom Segura and uh, Bill Burr was on some podcast, and they were talking about this story with uh, Wu-Tang came to some venue, and there was a woman that worked at the venue that she's like, you know what? I'm going to fuck one of those guys. I'm going to get on that bus. And lo and behold, she had an encounter with every single person with Wu-Tang Clan, and uh, she apparently uh, gave them special attention, every single one of them special attention, and... She was crying afterwards because she said, well, I did it voluntarily. We don't have to call the cops or nothing like that. But uh, they were just so mean to me. <laughs> so. The fuck? What do you expect? Oh, my God. Like, well, thank you. Like, this, I got to I gotta say, man, like, to have, like, nine of those things, like, lined up and going in a row back and forth. It's like, what's the Wu-Tang hierarchy? Like. Who gets to go first? Yeah, yeah. Like, Rich is like, you know what? We wouldn't have, motherfucker, you know, Thursday Shavers if it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've never been in a situation like that, so I couldn't tell you what the decorum is. It's the, but the, it's like, yo. The craziest shit about it is, is like, as homophobic as like macho mass. I did all the beats. I go first. Yeah, I go first. You know what I'm saying? Then I want you to suck off. You know what I'm saying? Ghostface killer. Ghost and Rayquad is like, you got to put us together. <laughs> Could there be anything worse than you being the nigga that's last? Yo. Like, yo. That's that's the question. You're going to treat me different when my album comes last? out. Is it Master Killer? Is it you got, they got to do paper, rock, scissors to see who got the last one? <laughs> Shit. Yo. Yo. <laughs> the, the Wu Syndicate comes who on the bus. This, who wants this two-day-old Chinese food? <laughs> Wu Syndicate. Yo. Remedy comes on the bus. Killer Army. Oh, my God. Papa Wu. Oh. Like, <laughs> Papa Wu's narrating the whole thing. Right. He's like, I said, yo, hey, yo, peace, God. <laughs> yeah, she went down on you, buddy. Who's going last? <laughs> yo. Yo. After you watch this, after you watch her get stretched like two or three times, it's like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'll just wait for the next girl. Oh. I got first on the next girl. That, that is crazy. The next. All right, girl. all right, all right. You know, you know how they, you know how they settle it. You know how they settle it. They be like, yo, with the sword fight. Nah, nah. Oh. Oh, this is so disgusting. We go in the order of triumph versus. <laughs> I suspected that 
episodes are bomb atomically. Nah. I'm pretty sure Ray wasn't having that. Like. Nah. And you got it's like, that's fair. My verse is in the middle somewhere. Right. Oh, perpendicular to the square. Oh, oh my god. The last nigga got the cold cuts for real. Oh my god. Oh. Nah, I'm not nah. Dog. I'm with Pimp C on that, yo. Y'all don't judge me if you want. Like I've never ran like a train. Yeah, this is something terrible. None of none that. of that. Like, nah. Oh my gosh. She One... gets on that bus and I'm like, yo, nah. We're not doing this. Be like, yo, you go at you go with one of them and I'm out. Go have fun. Just be able to say that you had a night with one of the dudes. Man. Yeah. You go in there trying to get everybody. Oh my gosh. Yo. But on the other hand, how would she feel if she goes on the bus and she can Dunk only walk out? She can only walk out with Master Killer. Shit. She got what she came for. Oh my gosh. Let me stop talking about Master Killer. He probably works at a Walmart around here or something. His people, his people from South Carolina. Master Killer works at the Obama gas station on Broadway. <laughs> you be narrating like you're pumping at the gas. Oh. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you in clear conscience what a Master Killer verse sounds like. I can tell. You, I can't tell you that if he walk in here right now, I can recognize him. He probably been here. He probably yeah. He probably, it was like when I got my my my, uh, my internet installed. Right. <laughs> he was like, see him like walking out of the kitchen at yesterday's. Like yo, yo he'd be dropping like master killer lines, trying to see if anybody would st- would say something. I couldn't even tell you a master killer verse. Oh my gosh. No district man. I'm I can't slander Wu Tang. Yes, you can, and that's what you always do. I know, but I'm not gonna. Do like that. last episode, we were talking about how terrible dog shit was. I mean, I, but I can't do it. Oh my god, it's not gonna do it. All right, we can only slander them with the music. All right, so, when it's so, convenient, so we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, uh, only this. only we're gonna do the RZA challenge, ladies and gentlemen. The RZA challenge. Go on YouTube, type in RZA on Funk Flex. You can't sit through. Like, Listen to the say. entire nine minutes. Never, the, I mean, all this shit is like never meet your heroes at all. Because it's like, yo, back in the day when Thirty Six Chambers came out, like niggas was like Wu Tang was everything. And then you grow up and you go back and you listen to this shit and it has like the Thundercat, Silverhawks, oh my god, GI Joe effect, where it's like this shit really. I never forget. There was like a Thanksgiving. It doesn't years have ago. the same appeal. <clears throat> My brother like bought like these box sets of like Thundercats and shit like that, and it was like Thanksgiving, and he's like, "Yo, we gonna we gonna watch these motherfucking, you know, uh, uh, Thundercats." I was like, "Word, no doubt, yeah." We high fiving and shit, and like he puts that shit on, and when I watch that first episode, like the nostalgia lasts when you see the right. intro. Three minutes later, I'm kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" Outside of outside of thirty six chambers. Mm. God bless Ghostface. God bless Raekwon. Mm-hmm. Everything else that the Wu-Tang Clan has done, like, I'm hit or miss with. You know what? It's Does it kind of show, like, the genius of, of of a ghost and a ray? Because, you know, Cuban links age extremely well. You know, All so, of those so, are classic. 36 Supreme Chambers. Age extremely well. 36 Chambers. Mm. Ghost Catalog. Uh, Cuba Links one uh, and two, mm. a mobilarity. We're gonna act like that didn't Stop happen. It. Stop it. We're gonna act like that didn't happen. Um, there are a couple other like the Grave Diggers album, Six Feet Deep, and the second joint. I forgot the name. What about of that one. what about Golden Arms, the the You Got album? Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, 
Look, there has to be. We're going to end this shit early today. Oh, there has to be a list of those side Wu albums. Hold on, hold on. Wu-Tang. And the crazy thing is, it's kind of like, talking to like a real Wu-Tang head was like talking to a Dallas Cowboys fan now. Like, oh my God, everything was great. Uh Uh-oh. Check this out. Okay. No matter how trash. No, we're not going to do this, Come on, stop it. Stop it. Come on, you started it. Nah. Sons of Man. Capadonna, Killer Army, Killer Priest album was pretty okay. The first one. What? Um, Killer Priest? Yeah. Heavy Mental? That was all right. Yeah. Shaheem. Is he still in prison? Did he go to prison for like murder or something? I have no clue. Oh my God. Shaheem works with Master Killer at the Obama gas station. Oh my brain. gosh. GP Woo, Don't Go Against the Grain, 1997. Man. Uh, Black Market Militia. Oh my God. 2005. Look at how terrible the artwork or the covers look. Oh my gosh. Shaheem, The Lost Generation, 96. That was an alright album. Uh, it was like two songs on that. The Bronze Nazareth. Who? I'm telling you. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Like, look at all the artwork. The artwork always looked like that shit right there. It's just like... That pen and pixel oh, masterpiece. A bunch of explosions. A lot of the Dark Men or L.A. The Dark Men. Heist of the Century, 98. Uh, Shaheem, The Rugged Child, 94. Wu Syndicate. There you go. I remember that one when that came out. Maya Lansky and Joe Mafia, the, the rappers in there. Royal fam. Did you know it's Tuesday at Jersey Mike's right now? So you can get like the six ninety nine special on a regular sub. And see Master Killer and Shaheen. It's time to eat. It's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that my Master God. Master Killer making your sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Capadonna the Pillage. Like, was... Capadonna has an album. He has like a greatest hits, and it should just be his Winter Wars verse. All right. That and Run. You remember Run? Capo's on Run? I can't remember that. I remember Jada Kiss. Wasn't was that on his run. record? That was Ghostface record. Run was my shit. Yeah, I Run. Thought... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run was on the Pretty Tony um album. Yo. Wasn't Capadonna on there? I don't know. He was on that. See, it was it was own... him. It was him, Jada Kiss, and hold on. My Wu Tang sword is a butter knife. I don't know. <laughs> Your Wu Tang sword don't like McDonald's knives. Right. This <laughs> shit isn't sharp at all. Like after a certain point, I just think, okay, no, he wasn't on there. No, nah, it was just Jada Kiss. Yeah. So check this out. So it's like, see, I don't know shit. Man. I got a, I got a, I got a kind of a Capadonna story, and it's just like, all right. So this is by no means a diss diss per se, but no, like, oh my god. But but like, look, man, Columbia is one of these cities where it's really really weird because it's not a lot of venues to have like Capadonna wanted to come here. Uh, let me finish. It's not a lot of venues to have like a lot of hip hop stuff, right? So it's like sometimes if there's like a a, a hip hop artist that I kind of dig and I enjoy, and the traditional venues would cost too much, would be too much of a headache. You know, you just be non-conventional. So I got my homies at Blue Tile. Shout out to Dave. I got a show there this weekend. Um, we turned a skateboard shop <clears throat> into a non-traditional performance venue. We moved the products back, bring a PA system in there, and I've had some dope shows in there. I had like Ella J in there, had like Big Pool in there, um, had Mr. Lift, and somebody reached out to me and it was like, yo, uh, you want to bring Capadonna to Columbia. And I'm kind of like, yo, I don't know what kind of turnout Capadonna will have. So I'm kind of like, what is it? Wow. Okay. So so Peppers and Avengers 4 coming out? Okay. She's going to be rescued. That's going to be crazy. But anyway, she go ahead. She gets my back. fucking nerves, man. Glenda Paltrow gets my fucking nerves. But, um, but now I like... It was one of those things where it's just like they were basically like, you're not to throw them under the bus, but it was like, yo, could you do 200, 250, you know, on a, a Waffle House gift card? Just stay at the house. Yo, 
<clears throat> and a fucked up thing about it was the way that I tried to make sense of it was if I if I have like an affinity for certain artists, I'm like maybe I'll put the energy towards something as long as I'm not losing any money. So I'm like, all right, for 250 bucks, that means 50 people got to show up. And and so I asked my people on Facebook, and I was just like, yo, if I brought Capadonna in the town, would y'all come? And niggas laughed. <laughs> for what? And, and I was just like, all right, well, I guess that's not happening. And that was around the time, I think, that he was trying to put a tour together, and he was driving a taxi in New York. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So I say all that shit to say this. It's like, <clears throat> the thing about like branding... It's like, if that's one thing that I love about Dre is that even when people had the money to pay for a Dre record, he's not doing anything unless he wants to fuck with you. As it should be. Yeah. And so you can see his branding is secured. The Wu-Tang shit, if there's one thing about the Wu-Tang shit that, that really didn't age well, was that RZA treated it kind of like on some McDonald's shit. He's like, yo, man, you want, you want to be a part of Wu-Tang? Put the logo on it. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, he felt like it's more promoting the brand logo of Wu-Tang, but it diluted it. You know what I'm saying? It, it watered down the Johnny Walker blue. I just think that... Johnny Walker woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Do my Joe Button walk off right there. I'm not gonna slander Wu Tang today. I'm leaving it alone. I, I love Wu Tang. That's why I can say this shit. That's why. That's why I feel like if anybody that's not a part of the culture, it's like I'm. I'm, weird, I'm really weird when white people try to like be, uh, uh, you know, angry and mean about like hip hop. Like I don't think they have some of these people that don't have the ability to come in here in our culture and tell us what's what or what's not. So in terms of what though, but I, I say it in the sense of not saying like white people, you know, generally I'm just saying like white folks that aren't involved in the culture that don't get the culture. So like you got these websites, the what's the hipster website where it's like they come in and they act like they're the authority of certain shit. And you know, these motherfuckers don't have the, the knowledge or, or or the history of the culture to understand the nuances right. or whatever. Pitchfork and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that you can kind of state your piece whether you like or not like something. I mean, why. Great, but but here's, what, here's what ends up happening. But you don't get to tell us what's cool. That's, that's the point that I'm saying is that everybody has an opinion about art. It's subjective. I get that. But what bothers me is when people act as if they are the, the, the gatekeepers or gateholders of what's cool. So that's what happened when, you know, Vogue magazine does some shit a year ago and they're like, oh, ladies, uh, ladies and guys, the fashion sense for this winter, pull out Timberland boots. Like they discovered something. It's like niggas been doing this shit since forever, B. You know what I mean? Oh, right. cornrows is the thing to do this shit. Like who the fuck are you talking to? You know what I mean? And so sometimes you kind of got to call these motherfuckers out. Like white folks feel like art doesn't start until they discovered it when there's this underlying and this underbelly of shit that's been going on since forever. Right, the Christopher Columbus shit. Absolutely. I discovered this place even though people are here already. Right. So if if history was just honest and be like, yo, the first white man that discovered America. All right. I can live with that. Right. But to act like you're the first person that came here is something totally different. And that's what white people usually do. Like, there's this story, right? There's this... um. What's the tallest mountain in the world? It's like Mount Kilimanjaro or something like that. Mount um, Everest. Mount, Mount Everest. Everest, right? There was this story on 
on motherfucking uh, uh, real sports where these people pay, white folks pay a lot of money to get to the top of Mount Everest. But they have to pay the locals to get them there. So you got the, so so you got these white folks like, oh, I climb Mount Everest. I'm gonna get in the history books and all this type of shit. But the locals that live there, the indigenous people that live there, they gotta help you get there because you can't get there on your own. Right. So there's there's like footage of these motherfuckers. Like imagine you climbing this mountain, but before you climb, they take all of your shit up there. They take your tents up there. They take your food. They take all your stuff or whatever. And you need these people's help to get up there. Right. And so the people that live there, it's a risky job. People are dying, but there's no economy out there. So these people have to take these jobs. And there was like a story where there was this rich millionaire that wanted to climb and the weather was bad. They wasn't supposed to do it. And he's like, I paid a lot of money to come here. And these motherfuckers like got stuck. And eventually got saved, which put other people's lives in danger. And one of the dudes who was a guy that was like 20 years old lost all his fingers and shit because of frostbite. Here's how crazy it is. With these people that go up there. Didn't that whole thing just say America to you? But that's exactly my point. <laughs> that's exactly my point. That's America. So, that so, story was just like America in so, a and so, they're, so they're basically like, oh, I climbed this, I climbed this. Without, <laughs> without acknowledging incredible, huh? the people that got them up there. That's exactly the point that I'm saying. It's right. like, that's such the American thing where it's just like, yo, like, it's like, the there's like this other thing where they had where... There's like these uh, swimming competitions, shit like that. These deep dives, or whatever. And there's these people that that live on this like distinct island that aren't in the Olympics. And these motherfuckers that live here, the indigenous people that's there, they go further down to sea level than people that have Olympic records. You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things where it's just like records don't count until they do it. And that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy. Where it's like art and culture. Where it's just like, let's be honest, man. Rolling Stones. Specifically, their entire career was built on doing covers of blues records by black artists. That's it. But I think the the cool thing about the Rolling Stones is I don't think like I think Mick Jagger fully acknowledges that. Um, I think there's a difference. Like I think I think they acknowledge it now. Like like Led Zeppelin got into a really stupid lawsuit, and I, I say recently, probably in the last like six or seven years, where they got like sued heavily because of y'all niggas stole some shit and, and didn't give credit and try to act like, you know, y'all motherfuckers the ones that created this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, out of everything, somebody like M, I respect M because when M won his his Oscar, he's shouting out, like, Master Ace, and he's shouting out to these people that, that nobody really would know. And he's like, yo, I built my stuff on these people. Like, like M raps just like Master Ace. You know what I mean when when he does that that na 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 like the higher pitch thing, which by the way that Master A shit with Marco Polo is pretty fucking dope. If you haven't heard this shit yet, I haven't heard it. It's fucking dope. I play it when we go to um get some uh, uh, Jersey mics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I feel like man, I feel like the the point I was getting to like the 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 Dre and Wu Tang shit. It's like RZA put his name on so much shit. That everything kind of got diluted, and like Dre, Dre when he pops up, he's like a unicorn with this shit. So like you know when he puts his stamp of approval on somebody, it's a dope record. So speaking of which, six year is it six year anniversary? Oh, uh, good kid, absolutely. Yeah, one time. Yeah, like that album is incredible, and and that's the type of shit that I think that Dre's legacy is 
just as much the music as he makes um, as it is the people that he can kind of propel off of his platform. I don't think, well, we've had that conversation. You don't think what? I don't think that Dre had wouldn't have done anything. I think Dre is a benefactor of his relationship with Kendrick, not the other way around. I mean, yes and no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, of course, like you know. I mean, let's Dre, be, Dre has his perch, and listen, even in me saying that, I don't put, I don't put, uh, Kendrick, I don't say Kendrick anything was less. Kendrick was signed to a major before before uh, Dre, before like that's you know, fine. But Good Kid, Mad City, like the one song that the one song that Dre did have on the one or two songs that Dre did have on that album. Yeah. He put them at the end because because they didn't fit. Like I know. so, you already knew. But you you're missing my point on that because we had that discussion. We had that crit discussion about that same thing where I think that sometimes you should get credit where you have the ability to let people do their job. You know what I'm saying? Like essentially, you know, you know who's done that kind of quietly, who's done that? That's what Jay has done with with, with J. Cole. You know what I mean? Like, so you got somebody like J. Cole that's coming out. When Jay got Rock Nation, he's like, look, just make the album you want and give it to me. Like, I'm not going to hound you. Like, if you listen to 2014, Forest Hill Drive, whatever the name of the album is, like, J. Cole has the ability to make singles out of songs that you don't hear and hear singles. Like, a lot of his albums sound like they're full of album cuts. And somehow, his fan base, like, they, they fuck with it. Like, that nigga sold out Madison Square Garden. You know what I'm saying? And, I just, I look at it, I look at it like, just being able to use your parents' whip as opposed to your hoopty for the date. Like, I think that it's basically one of those things where it's like, if if Kendrick was signed to any other major label and presented Good Kid, Mad City, I think labels would try to get in the middle of it too much and fuck it up. I, I honestly believe that, but because, I, because I don't. But with the way that music was structured, the way that music is structured now, and even at the point that this album was released, you could do what the fuck you wanted. I to know, do. but but there's something about having that Dre co-sign. Absolutely, but any other label, I don't think. Like to me, that's non consequential because nobody's thinking about. Having Dre, yes. Having Jay, yes. Mm. Everybody else, but whatever. That's the point. But that's the point that I'm saying. We're not talking about everybody else. We're talking about... And another thing about the Dre shit that, that we have to say, because you said this to me the other day. You was like, the album sounds incredible. Dre the, mixed it. The mixing and, the mixing yeah, you, and mastering You see what I'm thing. saying? Like, so Absolutely. like Dre, Dre's advantage is that he's like the anti-hero. He doesn't want to be in front of shit. He doesn't want to be the face of stuff. Like, so... So he works well with letting artists be in the forefront, and he's doing his thing. Like he's mixing and mastering all of uh, 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 Anderson Pac's new album. So yeah. it's like, so it's like, as dope as that. I mean, we've put it like this. There was something where somebody was saying this, and it totally made so much sense. He's like, you know, niggas be acting like they getting credit for being rappers and all this type of shit. You know who deserves the credit? The engineers, because if the engineers really wanted to fuck you up, they'll release the record before they added their shit to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like somebody like Dre, his gift is being able to pull the most out of these records as possible. The most out of a mix as possible. Like Dre, Dre has the ability to mix better 
than these motherfuckers that be doing these rock albums and shit like that. Because that oh. was the thing that uh, Jimmy Iovine said when he first heard The Chronic, because the exact version of The Chronic that we got in stores was the exact version that he pressed up to pitch to labels. And Jimmy Iovine said to him, oh my God, who the fuck, who mixed this? Who recorded this? Who mastered this? And Dre was like, me. And Jimmy Iovine was just like, this is the greatest shit I've ever heard. He's like, this is the, the sonically is the best thing I've ever heard. To this day, it's still... Dog! Like, holds up. Yeah. Holds up. And my theory is, I think he learned how to mix and master on cheap shit. So it's like, as soon as... It's like, it's like, it's like if you get your first car as your granddaddy's old school, big ass Buick, if you learn how to whip that shit around, you can drive yeah. anything. That's his, profe- his Professor X gift. Like, I think that he just has an incredible ear for, you know, acoustic sound, being able to bring the most out of those records like that. I think the only other guy in his arena in terms of stuff like that, you got, like, he's hip-hop's Quincy Jones for sure. Like, him and Diddy are battling for the title of hip-hop's Quincy Jones. You know, the difference between Diddy and Dre is that is that Diddy is Dre that wants to be in the front. You know what I'm saying? Like, Diddy wants to be seen. Dre is Diddy that wants to be in yeah, the background. I can agree with that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But in terms of, like, you know, just in the studio, turning those knobs, that knob work, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that it's pretty much Diddy and Dre for mixing and mastering. If this is Joe Budden podcast and you say knob work, there'll be a pause. Coming pause, pause, <laughs> pause, 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 pause. Yo, man, he's great on that knob work. <laughs> pause. Right. <laughs> New York shit. Speaking of uh, the button shit, like like we didn't touch any of this stuff, man. That pusher shit, the pusher interview. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Well, did we? No, we didn't because because the pusher interview. Came yeah, we were we were we kinda, talked about it. We had like foresight with that shit. Yeah, I don't think there's. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I think that pusher. I think that my viewpoint on a lot of the stuff that went on and what pusher said were very much aligned. I don't think that there was anything that he said that. We didn't say, mm. you know what I'm saying. So the only thing, the only thing I didn't see coming was that Pusher said that he got the information from, from 40. forty. Be your own people. Uh, other, uh, other, other than that, I, I think I think we were but, pretty spot. Yeah, on his viewpoint. Shit. I mean, there's really not much to dig there because, of course, I think you know. And be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, I, and it, this is something that I don't think that Pusher's gotten credit for. The only reason. Pusha brought up that it was 40 that did this was because Drake went His hand got forced. He could have been messy. Huh? He could have been messy. That's the point that I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, so even so even with a nigga that we say he ain't got no boundaries, he still had a level of... I don't... I didn't even look at the initial part of, you know, I think the, the line about 40 was savage, but... I, don't, I didn't even think... I didn't think it was that I savage mean, either. I didn't, I didn't feel like What it was, do you expect in these circumstances? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just me because I like bad jokes, but... No. It's like, I don't understand how that line is any different than, like, Pac saying... You bring my wife up in a situation, what, I'm not going to treat you what, with what, care. What, what Pac was just like, the way y'all niggas had sick of sale? Right. You know? Listen, hold on now. So here's my That's question. why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. This, exactly. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. West side! This is where I'm going. Nigga, man. Look how you peeking, man. God my damn bad. God Sorry. damn it. God you damn can, it. You can edit that out. I can't. Okay. Because I'm not about to go in that shit and just search for that one section. Come on, stop it. You'll so, live through it. Here's my question. Here's my question for you. You. As much as Biggie is put on this pedestal, 
as being the greatest rapper alive, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of that stuff I agree with. When Pac come at you, was one thing Pac didn't do, Pac didn't do subliminals. No, Pac, he didn't. Pac went at him. Right. And all Biggie gave him was, you get it? Two Pacs. You can say who shot you, but even that was passive aggressive. Word was they stopped the record, that there was a bigger response, and everybody stopped the record. Really? Yes. All right. So that's, that's as legend has it. All right. So so the J Prince come in the middle of it? He's like, as legend oh, has it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Don't put that thing out. because Nah, you know, but word is Diddy and a bunch of other people in Biggie Circle made him stop. So here's my question. Put out if that happened, why wouldn't why haven't we heard it yet? Do you think we'll ever hear it? When the documentary At comes this out? point, I mean it would probably be it would probably be cool to hear. Would it be self incriminating? But it would probably, man, I don't think that there's anything. It's bad enough that we lost them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing the outcome. It but, doesn't do anything. But 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 is that the same way that we can look at? Because I heard that Jay got a record for pop. I've, I heard that Clark too. Kent said that Jay has yeah. a record, had a record for pop, and I think Jay said that too. Like I, I've, I've he heard wouldn't. That. I don't. I, I don't see him saying. But that. my my thing is this though. It's like it's like, is it is it harmful that we celebrate the the way pop was with hit him up and how gangster and crazy he was. But at the same time, there was a lot of recklessness that, I'm going to be honest, that contributed to him getting murdered. You know what I'm saying? So are we being irresponsible for putting him up on this platform, celebrating the recklessness without acknowledging what happened after that? I think people have done that with Tupac historically. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, (laughs) I think Ice-T kind of said it best. It was like, you know, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That... I know exactly what you Pop didn't have a criminal record until he started rapping. Damn I think it. that, you know. So no. <laughs> well, we were complicit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, let's be let's be honest, man. And even if you're honest about the Pusha T situation, I think similar to everything else, the recurring theme of this podcast, the previous podcast, people just like to be mad about something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that people are in love with outrage right now and they just want to be able to say that something is fucked up to sway an opinion. No. You know what I'm saying? Like what Pusha said was what Pusha said was out of bounds, but it was presented in a situation where Drake was outside of the lines already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we we love violence in this country. We don't we don't like golf. We don't like <laughs> we don't like tennis. You know, we like the violence of football. We like to see people get hit. When you go see movies, you want to see somebody die. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that okay, is that the thing about it is that, you know, as much as like, you know, and Max said this the other day on our first take, he was just like, Is it is it something that we try to be like, hey, we don't want this violence in basketball and this and this and that, but as soon as Spitgate happens I'm here for it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just think we conflicted as fuck as a society, man. It's like, you know, pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is we can't because Pac was reckless. Absolutely you know what I'm saying? Reckless, Absolutely yeah. reckless. And yeah. everybody around him 
at the time knew that he changed from the person. And I guess the part of it that made it even worse, especially looking at it from the adult point of view, was that that's not who he was prior to the point that he um, he signed the death row. Yeah. Like, I always tell people all the time, the realest Tupac album ever was Me Against the World. That was the last that's time. That's the prison album, right? That was the one where the Mob Deep shooting, or mm-hmm. the not the Mob Deep, well, whoever shot yeah, him. The elevator. Right. Yeah. That was the last time that you heard the real Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Everything after that, he pretty much just took a vehicle and, and rode off with it. Yeah. And he felt, or I don't know if he felt that way or he was propped up to believe that he was untouchable, that he could say or do whatever he wanted. Yeah. That was- and I think that at the point that he goes out and because obviously him and Biggie had a friendship and like anybody else, Biggie was probably taken back by it and at some point was going to respond and they say, look, bro, like this isn't him. Yeah. You would be responding to a character. You're not responding to the real person. Because on several accounts, they said that at the Soul Train Awards, like Pac was just like, yo, I'm trying to get money. Yeah, that's what I heard. So That's what what Biggie's mom said. Yeah, so we're not, there's nothing. I'm trying to sell records. Man. (laughs) 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 There's nothing to be, I mean, if you put those records out now, I don't think we get anything from it as it doesn't do anything for hip hop, man. Because I think that, you know, Biggie did the right thing by not responding. It was bad enough that, you know, the situation already kind of got perpetuated into what it was and the optics kind of You know the cool thing about Biggie not responding is not the fact that he didn't respond, it's the fact that he didn't pull a Drake. Yeah, he didn't say anything. He didn't say, you know, I got a record that'll really, you know, fuck Park up, but I'm not gonna do it and be the bigger man. You know what I mean? Like he didn't do that shit. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just that he that's, just never, he just never brought it because, up. Because, but, but I get it. Dealing with like that whole shit with the shop, there was a bunch of self righteous shit going on at the shop. And I don't say this to disrespect LeBron or Drake, but you, I think the worst thing that you can do in a lot of cases is tell somebody how good of a person you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or I could have done this, but I didn't do it. Like, Pusha's stance was right. Why spare me? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you had this record that you knew was capable of doing all this damaging shit, I went after your man and it was this abomination. Like, why not just go ahead and do what you got to do? Go for it. Yeah. That's why I don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe I believe Drake has something, but I believe it was nothing on Pusher. No, I think it was on Ye. Yeah, I think I think I think that's probably what it was, and maybe and maybe, you know, Drake felt like it'd be a guilt by association type of thing. Who knows? You know what I mean? But yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's enough. I'm hungry. Uh, anything else? Um, the Me versus Monday podcast always, man. Well, yeah. not podcast playlist. Playlist is on Spotify. The links are always on there. I'll put the new one up. Um, um yeah. I got. Two this week. Um, a couple weeks ago, I started doing the ultimates. Um, basically, the difference with the ultimates are um, usually it's a whole lot. It's a larger body of of songs, and usually they're set to a particular theme. So this one um, for USC Homecoming, um, I did all of the party records that came out between ninety six and ninety eight. Word. That sounds dope. Also, like speaking of like playlists, the, the movie mid nineties is coming out this week. I wanna check that shit out. And they're doing something that I thought was pretty ingenious is that they're not doing motherfucking soundtracks for it. They're doing playlists for it. That's so dope. it's like, yo, here's the playlist. 
for the music that inspired that shit. Spotify already has contracts, so I have all this music anyway. Why not just do that? And Absolutely. more people are going to peep the, the the playlist, and they would go and buy fucking soundtrack. I mean, know? if soundtracks were good, they'd still have a use. Yeah. But a lot of times when you're doing, especially with period pieces. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The funny thing about like 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 I think Black Panther is kind of the last time a soundtrack like that really made sense, and probably because it was one camp doing it. You know what I mean? Like like when Spike had. Prince do the Girl Six soundtrack and shit like that. Like it makes sense when it's like one artist kind of doing it. But if it's just like a bunch of records, what ends up happening is it's like the artists throw away records that didn't make the album type of shit, and it never works unless it's like A Star Is Born, which is a music movie. You know, other than that, it just like, yeah, yeah, make a playlist call of the fucking day. Right. And um, I got some music coming out hopefully soon. Shout out to all black guy, please mix and master that shit and send it back. And um. I think that's about it, man. Like, I, I got some other shit coming up, but I'll keep y'all posted soon. Uh, I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. This is the Negro League Podcast, sponsored by Mo Better Soul. You can also get 10% off your next order by going to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Use the code NEGRO. We have some dope motherfucking champion hoodies on there. Get those motherfuckers now. They are limited edition, and they're fly as fuck. Also, f- find me at Preach Jacobs on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And uh, I think that's about it. What you got? Peace. All right. See y'all, niggers.